Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session, the weekly jazz interview show. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. The Jazz Session is available for free at thejazzsession.com and in iTunes. This week's guest is composer Nicholas Uri. His new album is excerpts from an online dating service, and from it, this is about me. My guest is composer and bandleader Nicholas Yuri. The Nicholas Yuri Large Ensemble has released a new record called Excerpts from an Online Dating Service. And uh, as cool as that title is, the album itself is even better. And it's my pleasure to welcome composer Nicholas Yuri to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me, Jason. So uh, I really want to delve into this album because it's it's great, and uh, I, I really encourage people, particularly people who listen to this show, and I know there are, are many of them who um, are kind of just figuring out what kind of music they they like in the jazz genre. Uh, definitely give this album a try because I think I think this could be a uh, a crossover smash if you don't mind oh. my saying so. But before we talk about its incredible chart-topping potential. Let's uh, find a little bit about you. Um, can you just tell me a little bit about how you got started writing music and when you decided that that was something that you were really serious about? Yeah, well, I started I started writing music in high school, I think, when I was about 16, 16 years old. And I, I, I was actually, I started out as a drummer before I, I switched to vibraphone, which is the, the instrument I play now. And, and it really was... Um, you know, I really basically just wanted to control the situation more than than I was at, at that time, and I and I discovered some, you know, basically the beauty of of composition through 
classical music and jazz and listening to big band music. And, and I thought, wow, you know, that would be really, you know, kind of an amazing thing to, to be involved with, to, to be able to kind of set people to work on, on you know, your grand scheme, you know, and kind of, kind of get it going in that way. And so I know that uh, you had success very early on. Uh, many people uh, may have heard of the ASCAP Young Jazz Composers Award. And if I'm not mistaken, you won the first one of those. Is that right? I, I did in, in, I think, 2003. When, when I was, it was 17, I, I, I submitted a piece um, for sort of a small, a small jazz orchestra. It was one of the, one of the first pieces I had written for a, for a large instrumentation and, and w- was fortunate enough to, 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 to win. So obviously, uh, to get from you know writing music as a fifteen or sixteen year old to the point that you're at now, I'm guessing there was some pretty serious study in the middle. Can you talk a little bit about uh, who you wanted to study with and and where you traveled to do that? You're from California, we should say originally. Yeah, I'm from I'm from just south of of, of Los Angeles, and and when I was in high school, I studied with a great, um, actually a bass trombonist, a studio musician named Chris Creswell, who who taught music theory at my high school, which was which was wonderful and sort of prepared me to go to college. And when I was searching for schools, I, I, I was looking basically for who, who, who was teaching writing there because I, you know, I figured, well, I can shed my instrument as, as much as I want, and I can kind of figure that out through recording and stuff. But I figured writing was something you needed a little more direction with. And I, and I finally settled on, on going to New England Conservatory where um, the, the wonderful composer and trombonist Bob Brookmeyer and, and I studied with him for four years during my undergraduate studies, along with Frank Carlberg. Now, what was it about Bob Brookmeyer in particular that, that made you want to travel across the country to study with him? Um, you know, a, a lot of it actually had to do with just his sonorities. I, I, I think Bob has, has maybe one of the most fluent... He, he has a completely... It's hard to say. He, he's at ease with the ensemble. You listen to his, his big band music and... And the kinds of just the sounds he produces are so magical and so unique. There's there's really no one else that 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 sounds sounds like Bob. And at, and at the time, I was just beginning to listen to Maria Schneider, who who was a, a a pretty big influence on on me at that at that point. And and I knew she had studied with him. And so I figured, wow, well, you know, if I can just <laughs> go go hang with Bob for a few years, I might I might be able to figure this out. And what uh, did things? Did anything surprise you about studying with him? Was it was it harder or easier than you expected? Uh, what what was it like? What was your experience like? You know, I had uh, going into it, I had no real e- expectations. Um, I had heard a, a variety of things, both positive and negative, about Bob from people I had met in California who knew him when he was here. And um, well, I just went in with very few expectations, and and I found what, what and it, and even going in with very few expectations. I was sort of surprised with what we did the first year, which was no orchestration, no real composition for that matter. We just did these very simple exercises that taught me and, uh, and are, are intended to teach a young student le- trying to learn how to write, how to edit. And, and the thing I learned, I think, from Bob more than anything was, was the art of editing your ideas and to clarify your ideas. So we would be doing exercises like he has this thing called a white note exercise where in one octave you write page upon page upon page of continuous melody using only C to C in white notes, so a C major scale. 
and, and then you go through together and you edit, and you find the information within that that is useful and, and worth developing. That sounds like a remarkably uh, kind of subjective uh, decision, though, right? I mean, how, you know, if you've got oh. page after page of C major music, uh, what is it that, what are you looking for? How do you know this is the piece I'm going to keep and this is what's going to be on the cutting room floor? Well, you, you try to be as objective about it as possible, and, and, he, and he stresses that, uh, taking a, a global view of, of the material that exists on the page. And so you look for things with, with good proportioning and good um, melodic uh, shape, and you, you look at things with interesting pauses and rhythmic identities, and, and you take from all of that and after you've scratched out about 99% of it, you, you've got something that actually ends up in, to be quite compelling and, and within, within C major. It, it, it's, it's fascinating how, how that works and how he, he uses that model to, to demonstrate how you should go about composing, whether you're using something serial and, and in some kind of 12-tone technique or something that's simply dramatic. Uh, chromatic or something that's tonal and and is exists within a key. So, do you find uh, that even now that's a useful technique for you? Absolutely. I I, I spend about ninety percent of my time editing and about ten percent actually composing and putting notes on the page. It 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 makes it makes composition so much easier when when you know what you're really having to deal with is only about 5% of your output. If you're, if you're worried that every note is important, that every, every phrase really matters, then, then, you're not, then you've put handcuffs on yourself. And, and I think by, by seeing the art of the composition at, it, through editing, it, it frees you in a way that, that I find personally to be, very, to be very useful and very helpful. How do you get your ego out of the way when you're doing that? Um, it's it's hard. I mean, you you worry about you know, oh, will people like me? Will will this chart be good? You know, and, and you start putting you know ego based things into it. And I and I think I, I think where the way you extract ego from it is simply by doing it every day, by by creating a practice of it where it would be like yoga or meditation or anything like that where. You you, be, you you create a flow and then it, it, you're you're just writing so much that it just doesn't matter anymore, and then and then you just let other people you you do your best to let other people decide whether it's a good piece or a, a bad piece, and in the end that doesn't even really matter, just so long as you're 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 working on something and towards something.
So after you got your uh, both undergrad and, and graduate degrees at New England Conservatory, what did you do next? Well, actually, I just finished graduate school about two weeks ago. No so. kidding. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. So actually, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm on vacation. <laughs> very, very nice. <laughs> so, uh, well, let me, let me ask that question again in a more intelligent way. What are you going to do now? I mean, you've just oh. released this record, so obviously you've been a busy guy. But how do you turn I can write music into and therefore I can eat and sleep indoors and all that stuff? Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's a question that I'm, that I'm grappling with at the moment in, in a pretty intense way. I, I'm, I'm working right now to try to get some engagements in Europe doing the music with, with bands in um, sort of Central Europe and Scandinavia. Um, I just got back from Amsterdam about a month and a half ago working with the Metropole Orchestra, which is a symphonic orchestra with a big band. Yeah, that's one of the, the more famous ones in the world. Yeah, it's a wonderful, great, great organization, beautiful musician. So I'm going to try to maybe hopefully get some, try to spend some work out of that. And um, basically, I'm just trying trying to get gigs right now in New York for for the band, which is proving to be, you know, unbelievably difficult to get a, a large ensemble gig in in Manhattan. Yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not sure that's news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think we we all get right that it's uh, the large ensemble is uh, not the single easiest booking prospect. No, no, <laughs> in it is modern music. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I might as well try to get an or- a gig with a symphony orchestra. It's, <laughs> Right. As soon as people hear, you know, large ensemble, they they run for the hill. So, uh, however, while they're running, I'm I'm encouraging them to take a copy of excerpts from an online dating service with them because when they get to the hill, it's absolutely worth listening to. And you and I were kind of joking uh, before the re- we began recording about dropping the f bomb. However, um, we did not even begin speaking on this show yet before uh, folks will already have heard about me, which uh, drops the f bomb. Right in the tune. So uh, let's talk about where the lyrics... Let's talk first about where the idea for this album came from, and then uh, how you culled the lyrics from your chosen source material. Yeah, well, I got, I got the idea for, for the record. Um, actually, it, I, I, heard a, I heard a TV show, like a little news, 10-minute news special, a few years ago that said, you know, is your spouse cruising from home the new Internet plague of sexual deviancy? kind of thing. And I, I thought to myself, whoa, that's, that's kind of crazy. And they talked about a few websites that, that are internet dating services, dating with kind of quotes around them, where they're really websites that are based around the, the solicitation of sex. And, and I thought, wow, that's really interesting. So I, I got back, I think I was on spring break, and I got back to school, and I, and I was saying to my friends, oh my God, do you guys know that this exists? They're like, oh yeah, you know, we read these all the time. They're really funny. And so I, 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 saw, I saw the ads, and I was like, oh, man, these, these are, in fact, really funny. And I wrote a series of songs that were very kind of ironic and, and funny, and, and I would do them at, at parties, and I have a, a very bad voice. And, and I would kind of sit at the piano and play through them and sort of, <laughs> sort of sing them, and we'd all have, have a good time. But as I kind of continued to go through the text, I sort of began to realize that what was going on on these websites was was so interesting that you had people through this website expressing themselves and expressing themselves in ways that would be completely inappropriate in a non-internet based life people talking about fetishes and 
you know, failed romances, people talking about love and loss and lust, and these are things you just don't don't hear and on day to day. And and they were doing it in a way, or at least some people on the websites were doing it in a way that was kind of poetic and and beautiful, where there would be internal rhyme schemes, or there would be some kind of funny play on words, and 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 people were really spending a good amount of time creating these texts with no knowledge that I, I was going to take them and, and turn them into something larger than they had originally intended for, but who, 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 who were writing texts that were undeniably beautiful. And, and, I, and I sort of started to appreciate them on that level. And that's when I started writing the song for this record. Okay, so that much you know is pretty clear to follow, but it, it seems like that would have been an easy thing for maybe a singer-songwriter to do. But what you then did was write these very complex orchestrations for a large ensemble, and that that strikes me as kind of taking it up a level. I mean, you you took uh, these lyrics and you know kind of around them crafted these really uh, intricate tunes. Was there when you first started reading these things? Did did the the style of music that we now hear on this album did that seem to suggest itself? Um, yeah, I, I I think immediately. I mean, for two reasons. One, because the music that I, I really love um, is Kurt Vile. He's, he's a, a personal favorite of, of mine. And two, because what's happening in this environment is, is, so, is so chaotic and so, so kind of crazy. You know, you have all these people kind of indiscriminately posting, and, and it becomes almost like a circus. And so, and so in the first few tracks of the record, there's a, a sort of, Kind of, uh, ev- you know, evocation of the circus in the music, and and as the texts begin to to become darker, and and you see the underbelly of of what's happening, the psychological underbelly, and the things that people are sort of experiencing, that the music moves more towards a somber, less circus-driven kind of kind of note. <laughs> You're like that first hit of crack You're like that first spike of smack I crave your sweet loving I have a passion for you That burns hotter than any freebase food I wish I could blow you up my nose I could just wax that ass one more time, that be that. I want you on my head. When I get out, I'll steal you. Or not the bling that I want to give you.
How did you create a space for, you know, improvisation and all of the? I mean, there's a lot of emotion here too. It's not, it's not just uh, analytical, and it seems like uh, it must have been a little bit of a dance to make sure that it wasn't just an exercise; that it was actually, you know, music. Definitely. I mean, I think, I, I think. One thing to, to, to realize is that by, by looking, when you look at the ads, you would have to be numb not to see the emotional content in what, in what is going on. You know, in, in, in one of the texts, um, a woman is looking for love and is afraid that if her husband finds out, you know, he'll take her kids from her. And there's a woman who, who's longing for someone to spend Christmas with. And I think, I think to, to, to not see emotion in that and to not then have that reflected in the music would would to be to deny the text what it what it really is the weight of delivering the text falls quite naturally upon the person who has to sing the words and will you talk about who you've chosen to do that and what her reaction was to the text yeah christine correa sings sings on this record and and sings beautifully i might add um christine when she first when she first got the text I think understood immediately that that what was going on here was not was not farce, and and when you read the text um, and you hear the songs, I think I think you hear that in her voice. And and I pick Christine because I, I can't think of anyone right now who who has a more dynamic range in that way, in the, who has a more kind of emotional dynamic range than Christine. She's able to to really sing something so softly and so beautifully and just just break your heart and then two seconds later just belt something out and, and really make you feel feel something hot or make you feel, you know, lust or love or loneliness. You know, she's really able to capture those feelings in her voice, which is, is such a marvelous instrument and, and she is such a marvelous musician. And it really is about storytelling, isn't it? Entirely. I mean, I, I feel on a certain level like I've made like my country record. <laughs> like you know, this is this is a this is a record that that Johnny Cash would have made in a certain way, where he he's talking about the things that we all live with day to day in our life, and the things we are all looking for in our life, and 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 the text express that in a in, from a in a venue that is not necessarily seen as normal in our society but the the fundamental longing for those things is we we all have that we all want to feel loved and desired and 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 I think well yeah just that that it's something that we all we all long for do you think this album is in some way representative of the impacts of our digital age on composition on and particularly jazz composition are we going to hear more things like this, more things that draw inspiration from, you know, some of the same sources or similar sources? I mean, is there going to be, is your next album going to be of somebody's Twitter feed or, you know, it seems like there's kind of <laughs> endless possible. Yeah, I hope not too. It seems like there's endless possibilities for, you know, found inspiration in the digital world because there's such a massive amount of text out there um, to draw from. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think on a certain level that, that that's true. I mean, there's such a preponderance of personal expression on the internet, although I don't know, I you know I, I who who I, I I don't know what to say about anyone else's work. I I haven't found anything else that really captivates me and and has kind of caught my imagination in the same way 
that, that these techs have at this point. I, I, I'm not planning on doing any other Internet-based projects. Um, and what, what, also, what is so interesting about these texts to me is just that they have no idea that someone is reading them and then using them for this. I mean, the, these texts are completely purpose-driven. And this other usage, you know, I think it adds to the beauty of the text, that, they, that, that they're not intended for mass consumption, where other Internet, um, other forms of Internet expression really are. Like a Twitter feed, for, like you mentioned, Twitter is certainly meant for mass consumption. Is there any way to, and have you tried to, to contact even, you know, anonymously through some sort of, uh, you know, email that you don't get to see or something? Is there some way to contact the people who wrote any of these? And have you have you tried to, to say, hey, this is what I did with the words that you wrote? No, you know, I, 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 I didn't think of about that until actually very recently. And, and it was the kind of thing, when I was finding these ads, I was just sort of jotting them down. And, and I, I, have no, I have no idea where they even came from at this point. Um, I would love to. I would. I would love to hear what people, if if anyone is out there, and this is your text, please get in touch. But but yeah, no, I have no idea. I have no idea how how I would contact them. But I would love to hear what they think. I hope they wouldn't sue me. That would be, that'd be a bummer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's not such a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Don't call me. So what were, <laughs> what were the sessions like for the recording of this record? Oh, it was great. We we had. Um, we did it at Systems 2 in Brooklyn, which is a beautiful recording studio in, in Ditmas Park. And we had two rehearsals, two three-hour rehearsals, and then a gig. And then we did two eight-hour days of recording. And it went about as smooth as I, as I, as I could imagine. I have I, just the absolute best group of musicians I could ask for playing this music. It really was a fantastic experience all around. I'm interested, Nicholas. Have you played this record for uh, you know friends of yours? You know, kind of people in that your generation who are not necessarily jazz fans and gotten any reaction from it? I, I've gotten absolute an absolutely positive reaction from from most people. They they, I mean, some people just enjoy it as as you know they go, oh, that's funny. Listen to that. But I think most people that hear it tend to tend to hear it for its emotional content. And I think somehow. That has translated, and that that comes through clearly for people. And, and I found that that um, large groups of people who are, who are not jazz listeners have found it very appealing on a certain level. Well, I can certainly believe it. And uh, you know, listen, I, I think the album is fantastic, and uh, I, I really I hope this is the first of you know what will be many many more records from you because I I think. Uh, just from what we've heard on this record, uh, you know, you've got a voice that, that people need to hear. So uh, I'm really, really happy that you were here on the show, and uh, I hope you'll come back for the next record. You used, by the way, this is my free gift to you. Earlier in the conversation, you used the phrase, Internet Plague of Sexual Deviancy. And let me suggest that. If that's not an album title, I've never heard one. So uh, some, <laughs> sometime in the future, even if it's just an EP that you only send to me, I'll be yeah. looking for the Internet Plague of Sexual Deviancy record. Oh, wow. Well, Jason, I'll have to I'll have to whip something up for you. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. It's a, possibly a poor choice of words. So, uh, Nicholas Yuri, the album is called Excerpts from an Online Dating Service. Uh, NicholasYuri.com, and we'll certainly link to that at thejazzsession.com. It's been a real pleasure talking to you and listening to this record. And uh, again, I thank you very much for being here. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I'd love to, love to chat again.
That's music from composer Nicholas Yuri from his new album, Excerpts from an Online Dating Service. You've been listening to The Jazz Session, the weekly jazz interview show. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of The Jazz Session is also available for free anytime you want it at thejazzsession.com and in iTunes. The Jazz Session has an email mailing list, which is a great way to win free music. You can sign up at thejazzsession.com. If you're on Facebook, there's also a group for The Jazz Session, and I give away music there, too. The theme music for this show is by the Respect Sextet online at respectsextet.com. Thanks also to Dave Rabel, who designed both the old and new Jazz Session logos. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please support live jazz whenever and wherever you can. And come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Thank you for listening. Bye.